Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Ah! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. All right. All right. All right. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Here's In the Bonus with Doug Gottlieb. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, the bonus, Vice Bones Radio, I don't have a app. Thanks so much, welcome in. Do, 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 do. We got a World Series game tonight. Lowest rated World Series ever, is that right? Hey! Told ya. I love when people go like, these teams are really fun, it's great stories. Like, I can't make people watch. Can't make people care. I can make you care about this. So, the Washington Commanders have trade away Chase Young and uh, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Devonta Swift, right? So Young goes to the Niners because, you know, no team needs talent more than the Niners. I was just saying, boy, San Francisco 49ers could really use some more players, guys that can make plays. Good for them. Maybe now they'll find a way to become decent talent-wise. And then Swift goes to the Bears. They give up a, a high second. You know, the Bears' second-round pick is going to be probably the – it's like a basically a first-round pick. And both are uh, free agents at the end of the year. If you trade for them, it most likely means you're going to re-sign them. Otherwise, like, maybe not for the Niners, but otherwise, what are you trading uh, for? And it tells me and tells you and tells everybody all you need to know. In the – some losses matter more. The trade deadline is today. And you just lost a game to the Eagles. You could have won. You have a new owner. And now he's giving you carte blanche to get rid of anybody who wants to make a bunch of money who you're not sure you want. New owner, new GM from who drafted those guys. Do you want to know what it means? It means everybody's going to get fired with the Washington Commanders. Right? Does Eric Bieniemy get the job? Maybe. You know, his quarterback was just get has just been getting sacked at a record rate, but Sam Howell did play well um, last weekend against the Eagles. Maybe he gets together well enough. Maybe because he was brought in, you know, somewhere near that. But Josh Harris took over ownership of this team. All those dudes are getting fired, and it's like one of those things. It doesn't matter what they say. The reality of it is Riverboat Ron is going to get fired. Everybody else will too. No one is safe. And what happens is you always bring in people, your own people. You very, very seldom. And this is, it's no different. Like people are critical of Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders, the way he said it and the fact that it's a college game didn't feel great to people. But one way in which he could have said it is, look, man, 
this is my show and I'm going to bring my, my people in. You know, you want people in that are loyal to you. Now, there is a little bit of a pound puppy effect. You can get people who, you know, the old regime gets fired and you want to keep your, you know, you want to, you kind of going to buy some loyalty. A guy knows he's going to get fired or thinks he's going to get fired and you, uh, you pardon him. But what I see today from the commanders is not just the white flag. This is the pink slip. Everybody's getting fired. It's just a matter of when, not if. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Let's get to what the Fox says. And now. Here's Dan Patrick talking about Bryce Young and the Panthers. Nobody's going to say that that Bryce Young is not the guy that they should have taken. I mean, people will say it but in the organization, but you have an owner who is not patient. And if if C.J. Stroud, now they just beat C.J. Stroud and the Texans, but had they lost to them and, and Stroud balled out, then all of a sudden I think you would start to hear a little bit more from inside. But as it is now, I don't know if Frank Reich wanted Bryce Young. But he was probably told to take Bryce Young, whether he liked him or not. Uh, so I, that's always interesting when the owner tells the coach, this is who we're taking. And, you know, Jerry Jones has famously done that. Uh, the Browns with, you know, Jimmy Haslam, you know, they've done that as well. And, you know, and that's when things go sideways. When, it, when the owner gets too involved, that's when bad picks happen. Uh, not always. I, I would I would challenge that 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 mark um, when the over owner overrides, you know, football people, especially a quarterback. Right. That's the whole thing. Like. I understand that not all coaches are great evaluators or are ready to make the evaluation on a quarterback play. You know, let, let's just if, for example, if Jonathan Gannon, who's the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, if he was hired when he was hired. Only the Cardinals were in position to take the number one overall pick last year. 
if you wanted to say, hey, Jonathan Ginn's not an offensive guy, hasn't been an offensive coordinator, hasn't been an evaluator, hasn't watched college football, and if you wanted to, you know, be an owner and work with people and go like, this is the guy I want. Like, okay. The difference is, I mean, the whole purpose of hiring Frank Reich is he's a quarterback guy. Right? And I feel like his his opinion carries a lot more weight. Or it should carry a lot more weight. And that's probably the part that leads to the biggest, I don't want to say dysfunction or, you know, the disconnect, if you will. So, you know, look, to me, I understand what Dan's saying. We've talked about it a bunch here. Everyone in football seems to know that Frank Reich didn't want Bryce Young. Um, and I've had lots of people tell me after the draft that before the draft, everything was, well, he's just really little. He's just, he's tiny. He's just a small human being. And then after the draft, there's been a lot of people like, you know, he doesn't actually throw it that well. He's not just small. And this is what I'd heard actually previous to the draft. He's, he kind of plays small as well. Um, but like, look, he's your guy. You do the best you can with him. And once you get past this year, there's not a ton of money coming off the books for him. And I still think the Panthers can be competitive, even if he's not an elite quarterback, like a number one draft pick should be. This is Colin Cowherd talking about the NBA. The Clippers got a well past their prime diva who's never reliable in the playoffs, adding to their weird circus of a roster. None dependable. Kawhi physically, hardened mentally, Westbrook shooting when it matters in April, May, and June. It feels like the Clippers owner, Steve Ballmer, who really is a basketball junkie, is making a business move over a basketball move. He's opening an arena next year in a very crowded sports market in Los Angeles where the Lakers are relevant, the Rams are relevant, College sports are relevant. Dodgers are relevant. So let's open the new building with stars. Kawhi, Paul George, Harden, Westbrook. And every time one of these big city owners, because there's so much money at stake in the big cities, choose business over basketball, it fails. We saw it with Brooklyn. They made the playoffs. People like the staff. They had chemistry. Blew it up for stars. Mess. We've seen the Knicks do it multiple times. Stars. Now I feel like the Clippers are doing it. Add Harden to Kawhi, to George, to Westbrook. I say it out loud. I wish Ty Lue the very best. Harden has quit on, what is it, three teams, maybe four. I lose track. But it feels like it is business over basketball. Um, love Colin. Okay. Not an indictment on Colin. But couldn't be more wrong in this in this particular instance one of the things that people have said about Balmer who work for him have been around him is he doesn't actually care the money part is inconsequential to him he's rich he paid above uh what the 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 value was for the clippers over a billion dollars above value why because he wanted to own the clippers well, anytime they've had a cost overrun with the Intuit Dome, which opens next year, he's paid it. And by the way, there's no promises James Harden will be on the team next year. He's in the last year of his contract. So politely and respectfully, what the fuck is Colin actually talking about? Because what fills up an arena, what sells season seats in Los Angeles is one thing. It's not that all four of those guys, Westbrook, Harden, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, all homegrown. Right. Paul George is from like an hour from the Intuit Dome. Probably same thing for Kawhi Leonard, Harden, uh, an L.A. guy, Westbrook, an L.A. guy. Those guys are much closer. But that's not even hometown guys don't sell seats. Winning sells seats. The dude doesn't care, actually, about making money. This is not a make a money making it maker for him. Right. This is a guilty pleasure. He's the kind of guy that would probably own a WNBA team if he was into it because even though it's a money loser. Why? Because he just wants to he wants to build something and win. Compete and win. But the idea that James Harden 
being traded for James Harden is to fill up seats next year when he's not under contract. That's like, geez, what are we talking about? Look, the Clippers needed a point guard. That's why they took Russell Westbrook late last year when he was uh, when he was kind of without a home. But they still needed it, somebody to set people up. And if James Harden's your best player right now at this stage in his career, you're screwed. If he's your second best player, you're probably screwed. If he's your third best player, you got a chance. You got a chance. And remember, the genius to this trade was they didn't have to give up Trey Mann, who they love. They didn't have to give up, um, oh man, Norman Powell, who they love. They still have Zubach. And, oh yeah, by the way, Ty Lue's a really good coach. I don't even like Harden. I don't. But if you're going to have James Harden, you got to have four guys that play defense around him. You do. You got to have other guys that are better at scoring than he is. You do. You got to have a coach who has the respect of a locker room so he can't do his own thing. You do. Doesn't mean it's guaranteed it's going to win, but it's not to sell seats. Here's Keyshawn Johnson talking about Devontae Adams. You can put Devontae Adams in much better positions to be able to utilize his talents so he can get the football and not make everything so hard on Jimmy G. If it's just solely about getting him the football, which I believe it is because he's your best player on a 53-man roster, especially on the offensive side of the ball, you can win utilizing him. You can't win if you don't utilize it. Now, look, when you look at the two deep throws, those were atrocious. I mean, they just – I don't know what else to say. I cannot defend Jimmy G in that situation. What made them think they was getting the second coming of Tom Brady? I have no idea. I have no idea. So, yes, you are going to be frustrated because you can't help your team win. They're paying you a ton of money. You look like you – much like you said, Skip, you thought he was one of the best receivers, which he is in the National Football he League. Is. But you're looking at it, Richard, and you're saying to yourself – Man, they got me out here like a cardboard cutout. People think I can't even play anymore because I got this slappy throwing me the football and I got a coach on the sideline they keep giving a job to that clearly does not get it what a head coach of the National Football League means. Strong. Strong commentary. Um, But I, I don't think it's just about the coach or just about the quarterback. I never thought Jimmy Garoppolo was good enough. The Niners didn't either. Uh, the Josh McDaniels thing isn't working yet again. But I would also tell you, like, this is part of the Raiders deal, right? You have so much turnover. People expected them to be successful. You just can't. There's no continuity. There's no consistency. So uh, it's really interesting on the grass is always greener syndrome that that pervades itself, especially in professional sports. Devontae Adams said, I always want to play with Derek Carr. He always want to play for the Raiders. You got that opportunity. It didn't work last year. You come back. Now you got a new quarterback. Like, look, once you, you didn't like the structure of the Packers, right? You didn't like the fact that they did. They're the opposite. They're all about consistency and continuity. They're boring. They're plain. But generally, they're pretty successful. Obviously, not as much so when they don't have you and they don't have Aaron Rodgers. Had they had Devontae Adams last year, Aaron Rodgers might still be there. That's what the Fox said. What's up, the Fox? Find out who or what's annoying Jason Stewart. And now, it's your annoying. So I I came to work and I wanted to look around uh, before I, I said this. I'm going to sound like the old man, get off my lawn. And rarely do I sound that way. I'm usually really kind of glass half full type guy. But um, if you dress up, if you're a grown man and you dress up and you go to work, um, I think a little bit less of you. It's not going to be a deal breaker. It's not going to impact my respect or your respect for me or anything like that. No, no, no. I, I just think a little less than I did three seconds before I saw you dress up for work. Um, now, th- I will make this condition: if you're on air, if you're t- if you're on air TV, um, it's allowable. That's a visual medium. I could see why there would be a thirst for looking different. But if you're just, you know, 
Jake in accounting. <laughs> um, I, I don't understand the draw there. And, and by the way, women are removed from this take because women love to do this stuff. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to rain on their parade, but grown men, um, you annoy me if you dress up for work, Doug. Uh, I, I agree with you. Um, <laughs> I, I would also tell you though, that you can't, you, you don't get, in my opinion, you don't get to, um, win awards for like best costume if you had a makeup artist do your costume. Yeah, you, you understand what I'm saying? Like like TV guys, like what a great outfit. Like they had a professional makeup artist. They had somebody buy them that stuff and build that stuff. It took hours upon hours. Like to me, the, the what you're supposed to do, this is just, I hate it when my kids would buy costumes. Like figure out some way to create something creative off the stuff that you have. It's like the MacGyver sort of thing, right? I, I like that. But yes, I would completely agree with you in that if you're a grown man, you just go to work and you're going to, um, you, it's, I had a friend, I've had a friend who says, you know, if you lived in your twenties, you're fine in your forties. If you didn't live in your twenties, you're a wild man in your forties. Right. And that's kind of the same thing. It's like arrested development sort of deal. You didn't, I don't know if you didn't live or whatever, but to me, just that whole idea that you, you have to get dressed up for what, what are you getting dressed up for? I don't understand. And happy Halloween, by the way, to our <laughs> listeners. That's my take for you. Um, so Josh McDaniels, I know you talked about Devante on the, um, on the radio show and it's been a subject. Josh McDaniels, I, I think he's just an utter failure as a head coach. Um, this is I'm not I'm not saying anything that people haven't said in the past, but you take him away from that system in New England and and the greatest quarterback of all time, and like this guy obviously has a disconnect with I think coaching with kind of reaching players. You just don't hear players say nice things about the guy. Um, and even going back to his Denver days, he ran out as quarterback and his best receiver if I'm not mistaken um it's just not working and it seems like the t- the clock is ticking on him and he kind of annoys me in how stubborn he is like I think he told us when he took the job that he learned a lot since the last time he had been a head coach doesn't seem like he's learned much or Doug no no and uh supposedly remember when he stayed in New England they were supposed to like unlock the keys to building something, you know, now we're going to show them like how to build it. And, uh, pride comes for the fall. I think he's a very prideful guy. And I think that's ultimately going to undo him. My guess would be he ends up back with Bill Belichick probably next year, whether it's in new England or elsewhere. Doug, do you think that people are just meant to be coordinators and they just don't have that, that head coach, DNA or something that makes him in charge of everything. Like, like you can be a very good defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, but being the head coach is something that just too much. Uh, yeah, sure. There's, there's, it's called the Peter principle. You guys familiar with the Peter principle? Peter principle is from business. You did learn business school where people are uh, advanced beyond the level of their true aptitude, right? It's guys are great salesmen, great salesmen, great salesmen. We make them into a sales manager and you're like, yikes. Jeez. So that's the Peter principle. Yeah, I definitely think there's some of that. I also think what, what happens is, you know, the a lot of these Patriot guys, and this happened with, with Flores in Miami as well. One, they're arrogant because everything they did, one, in New England. And two, when they were in New England, their mentor had complete and autonomous power. They want that as well. You need checks and balances. I mean, look what's brought down the Patriots. It's not the coaching. Coaching's good. It's it's the 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 player personnel aspect of it. So um I don't think it has to necessarily just to do with him being coordinator. He's not just head coach. He's like head coach and de facto GM. So we could do an entire um three hour podcast on radio callers. My history with radio callers, how valuable I think they are. Um Judging by the fact that we don't take radio calls on our uh, on our radio show, probably probably tips my uh, opinion on this. But I think they're 
complete morons. Um, and I'm not talking to listeners. There is a massive deviation between people that listen to talk radio and this podcast and people that call. They are two different people. I love our listeners. I love that you appreciate this and you show up every day. Cool. Callers are a different deal. They're a different sort. Was it uh, Dabo Swinney? Yep. He has a, a weekly radio show in Clemson. And um, this caller proves to you why maybe callers should be eradicated from talk radio for good. I'm curious uh, why that. And I hear um, our friend. So I'm curious, why are we paying you $11.5 million to go four and four? And it's not just this year. It's been, it's been, you know, just the refusal to accept. All right. All right. What's this guy's name? Tyler. Hey, Tyler, I've I've listened to enough of you, Tyler. Listen, uh, you can, you can have all your opinions that you want. All right. I don't know how old you are. Don't really care. All right. But let me tell you something. Um, we won 11 games last year, and you're part of the problem, to be honest with you, because that is part of the problem. It's people like you that do that. All you do is ex- the appreciation, the expectation is greater than the appreciation, mm. and that's the problem. He loves that line, doesn't he? But he went on and on and on. That's a shortened version. Dabo uh, did a job on this guy. We'll have the longer version, or he had the longer version on the radio show. Um, yeah, radio cars in general, Doug. Take your thoughts. Um, Take them off air. (laughs) I called in, uh, uh, first time, long time. I called in when I was like 13 in Orange County to Angel Talk, you know? Who was the host back then? Is it Bob Starr? I don't remember. I I honestly I did the same thing. Yeah. Hi, this is Doug from... Yeah, so... You recorded um, it on your cassette, I'm sure, and played it for your family? mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Um, I mean, I could drive around LA, listen to sports talk, and the same, it's the same five people calling every station. I can give you the names of them right now of the same, the same guys you hear. I'm, I'm like, oh, I remember taking that guy's call when I was over at this station like 20 years ago. And it's like, really? So, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a huge fan. Like, who has time? Like, which people? Who actually has time to call a radio show? I'll admit, I was a caller in a Rome show, right? Probably when you were working there. Um, but generally, but now look, this is part of the. This is the message board guy. Fans are there. I also think like Dabo could handle it a lot better. He is making a lot of money. This is a very normal thing, and you can just kind of matter of fact, it, it kind of ex- explains some stuff. So. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't really know where else we got to go with it. Radio callers, guy that dresses up for Halloween and what was the other one, John? Uh, Josh McDaniels. Uh, entitled radio and entitled fan guy, entitled radio caller guy is probably the most annoying. Yeah, no! Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. 
Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Going to do something a little bit different today in the pod because Oklahoma takes on Oklahoma State this Saturday at 3.30 Eastern, 12.30 Pacific in Boone Pickens Stadium. It's the last time these two teams meet, I would say, probably for at least five years, maybe ten. They played uninterrupted through world wars. It's a, it's a terrible thing, but it's a great series because it's a hammer-in-the-nail series, but it's very much in question this weekend. Right, Oklahoma State has been historically inept against their arch rivals. Last year, I was there. They were down 28 nothing to start the game. Did make it a game midway through the third, but end up uh, ultimately falling to the Sooners, who were having a bad year. Um, OU's coming off a loss to Kansas, where they look like they could make the college football playoff. And for Oklahoma State, who lost two games early in the year, one to South Alabama, one to Iowa State, they got a chance to play for a Big 12 championship, but they got to win Saturday in Boone Pickens Stadium. So let me welcome in my first radio partner ever. His name is Mark Rogers. He works for WWLS, the sports animal in Oklahoma City. Let's welcome him in. He's Mark Rogers, WWLS in Oklahoma City. Uh, what TV? Sorry, I'm, I was at KFOR. No TV. I'm, okay. I mean, I'm a fill-in. Every once in a while when they need me at uh, KOCO. All right. Well, see, I, I mean, um, all right, I'm so, a free agent. I'll go to KFOR if they need me. No. <laughs> uh, okay, so this weekend, Bedlam in Stillwater. Um, you grew up in Oklahoma, obviously went to OU, but you grew up, uh, in a town called Blackwell, which is just outside of Ponca city. Um, and for people who are listening to this nationally, that's, um, North of Stillwater, whereas uh, Norman is South about an hour, 15, hour and a half South of Stillwater. So just again, if you're looking at the, the panhandle state of Oklahoma, uh, North central Oklahoma in the middle is Stillwater, Ponca cities to the, and Blackwell were marker ups to the North. Norman is south, um, mostly south of, of Oklahoma City. So it's almost like a straight line with I-35. Um, give, give me some context to, you know, everyone says biggest ever, whatever, but neither team is, well, OU could still get a chance to play for national championship. It still has Big 12 championship implications, but it's not the undefeated teams of OU in the past or even OSU in the past. Um, contextualize this thing for people nationally, how big the game is. I, I think it's big. I, I think that, of course, the winner of this game is absolutely in the Big 12 championship hunt. Um, Oklahoma State's schedule the rest of the way is pretty manageable. Uh, UCF and Houston, they got one win in the league. BYU's got two. That uh, BYU game would be at Stillwater. Uh, and so this would kind of green light them to get to the championship game. And, man, people were – uh, they're pissed off a month ago because OSU wasn't doing anything. They got beat by South Alabama and then Iowa State at the time. People didn't think that team was very good, but uh, Iowa State hasn't lost since the game previous to OSU, and OSU hasn't lost since that game. They're playing good football. Um, I would say lost to OU though. They did lose to OU after. The good game. point. You're right. They've lost to OU, so they've got uh, that's their only conference loss. Right. Uh, Iowa State's the week after week after Oklahoma State. So uh, you're right. But I, I think th I was in the last at the last Bedlam game in Stillwater. The atmosphere there was electric. Oklahoma State won it. Um, 
you know, in a back and forth, up and down game. And I thought at the time that that was probably going to be the last one in Stillwater, but this will be a big one. Um, Oklahoma State's fans are re-energized. OU comes in a little bit reeling. And so uh, look forward to the game at 2.30. Okay. Um, let's start with Oklahoma. What went wrong in Lawrence? Well, I, I think that they kind of got outfoxed by Kansas. Uh, Kansas played uh, with six men in the box and then used their safeties a lot, especially got aggressive against the run in the second half. Uh, OU uses RPOs, and so all the calls are made from the sidelines, and they just decided, hey, we're not going to pass. We're going to try to control the game with our, our rushing attack, and it's not been very good. Uh, they had the best game from a running back this year, Toby Walker, uh, but he got hurt in the game and came out, and Kansas – Forced OU. OU gets the ball back with two minutes to go in the game. Kansas has got all their timeouts, and OU runs three plays, uh, and KU gets back and goes the length of the field and scores. So I think OU should have been a lot more aggressive in that last uh, series. All you really have to do is complete a pass. Dylan Gabriel is throwing the ball at 70% completion rate this year. They've got a bunch of senior receivers. Drake Stoops has played at 8,000 games at OU. Sure-handed, tough kid, smart kid. Uh, and so I, I think that, Hey, it's a close game. OU's better than they were a year ago. They're not, to me, a national championship contender, uh, but they didn't they, they didn't have a good game calling offensive plays. They didn't have a good game either execution defensively. Okay, so Oklahoma State was such a mess. Yeah. Month okay. Um, and there's a bunch of things that changed. Um, and I think people could say it's Ollie Gordon running the football, which is part of it, but I think a big portion of it is Gundy just finally decided Alan Bowman's his quarterback. Um, like, here, here's here's where I'm kind of torn on. Um, we both have a mutual friend who obviously works in the area in Sam Mays. And, you know, Sam and, and everybody was killing Gundy for the three-quarterback system. And, you know, you have p other people like, well, they, you know, imagine what would have happened had they gotten Alan Bowman to start the season. But I'm, I'm not sure that it ever, all didn't work out because of the past. I don't know. It's, it's really hard to, to know. Um, what do you think was the tipping point in what changed? Because they couldn't block. They couldn't run the ball because they couldn't block. And they were playing too many running backs. And they were playing too many quarterbacks. What what changed? I think one of the things that changed was is they put Dalton Cooper at left tackle. Uh, and they moved Cole Birmingham to guard, and then they decided we're scrapping the RPO the way that OU did, and we're going to call some plays. We're going to hand the ball to number zero, and we're going to let him run downhill, uh, and we've got a passing quarterback, so we really don't need RPOs. He's not a threat to run the football. I think that that uh, just straight scheme is is better for Charlie Dickey. That's what he's more used to coaching, and so I think those those things have really helped. Now, you know, they beat Kansas State at home. That's a really good win. They forced some turnovers. I think they're better on defense. But I think this is kind of the same situation. This is going to be a much better matchup for OU because they can try to defend the tailback. They don't have to worry about the quarterback run game. Jason Bean broke a long one for Kansas in the game on Saturday. It was one of the differences in the game. And uh, so I think that OU will match up really well. They can heat Bowman up, and he's going to move pretty quickly out of the pocket and not very fast. So I, I think teams have just kind of – Oklahoma State the last couple of weeks, they faced some teams that they could beat. And uh, they they were able to execute and get the wins. Okay. Um, what about the the health? They've had a health problem at wide receiver. They do have some yeah. talent wide receiver, but health problem. What's the status of that heading into this game? Well, uh, I mean, I think they're going to be without. I don't know about Jaden Bray. Probably no talent. Shetron. I think Bray's the best of that group. But man, they they got it. Leon Johnson comes in last week and catches five balls for one fifty. Yeah, I mean, played football very much in, in the last couple of years, and so he's six five and looks like he you know belongs out there. Uh, uh, the entire time. So I wish you kind of finding ways to make things work. Um, Oklahoma getting ready for the SEC. And I know that that Missouri did fine, obviously got to a couple of SEC championship games when they transitioned over, although it should be pointed out their schedules. That was back when the East was really down and Missouri was up. Uh, but since then, they have been not really They're good this year. They're they, not they, bad. No, no, they're, they're fine this year. They finally kind of stabilized that thing. Uh, A&M is basically the same program with the one Johnny Manziel year. They're basically the same program in the SEC as they were in the Big 12, right? Seven or eight wins a year. Exact same. Spend a bunch. All, all, all hat, no cattle, right? Yeah. Um, what, what do you think about this program transitioning into that league? 
they're, they were at a crossroads last year when Lincoln Riley left um, that where the program was, was really focused on offense, not paying much attention to defense, no defensive culture. And I think Brent Venables had a rough year in year one, but he has been able to, I think, piece together a pretty good recruiting class. They got some good players on defense right now. Uh, Gentry Williams, Danny Stutzman, Jared Canick, uh, and they've got a lot of depth up front on the defensive line. And there's more guys coming. Uh, they got a five-star defensive tackle uh, that's playing at IMG, David Stone. He's a Dell City kid before he went to Florida his junior year. And so they've got better players. Um, they're getting those kind of guys that can compete in the SEC. I, I still think that, you know, with Jackson Arnold, who's a great quarterback recruit, um, he's a freshman this year. I think OU is going to be in pretty good shape. You know, Alabama will come to Norman next season. OU will go to LSU. Uh, ideally, could they split those games and, you know, find a way to to compete to be at the top of the SEC? That's probably the best case scenario. But um, I think OU will – they're not going in at the top of the league and they're not going to win eight out of uh, ten conference championships the way that they did in the Big 12. But I think they'll win conference championships. How – how will people in Norman handle it? Right. They're just so used to <laughs> what? not well. Right? No, they're just, they're just, they're just so used to 10 win seasons, right? They're just so used to it. And I understand, I think all of college football, especially all the sec is going to have to deal with the fact that, I mean, you're just, you're going to lose games. Right. But there's going to be some lean years there. Cause, because what I think's really tested and look, this is what's changed in college football is, I mean, even out of Alabama, you can't keep three deep anymore. You just can't, you know, yeah. kids sit, they leave. It's that simple. Um, but how will they handle um, if there's the first couple years or, or tougher years than, than they expect? Well, I think that they, like A&M fans, are going to be perpetually optimistic in the offseason. Um, they'll kind of fall back on recruiting. But I, th- I think the fans will understand a little bit. If you you got a season where you're 10-2 and two and, uh, you know, you beat Texas and – lost to Alabama or lost a, a tough game on the road someplace in the SEC, that's still going to be considered a good season. If they're six and six, I mean, they're going to be trying to figure out who's going to be the next coach. I mean, that's just the way that it's going to go. Okay. Uh, Oklahoma State. How do you think they're positioned with the new Big 12? I I don't know. If you asked me this question a month ago, I would say that they're, in, you know, they're not in very good shape. Um, you know, Mike Gundy, he is uh, very set in his ways. He's very stubborn. He's going to do things the way that he likes to do them. Um, you know, he's going to go out and recruit and find guys that I think uh, that he feels can come to Stillwater. They don't have a, a ton of money, so they're not flying all over the place to get different guys. And then I think he feels like they're going to coach them up when when they get there. Um, but the new Big 12 is kind of fascinating because the teams from the American Conference, they've had no success this year whatsoever. I mean, they just haven't been able to win. UCF they're, has one, in, they're one in 15. I know, yeah. And one in 15. And the only win was a, a it was a freaking miracle. Uh, against West Virginia. And if you add in BYU, BYU only has wins over the teams of the American. All right. And so you BYU think- beat Tech. That's the only one that they oh, have. That's, they- that's there are only two losses. I, I think only two losses in the league this year for teams that were in the Big 12 a year ago against the new teams. That's Tech at BYU and then the Hail Mary, Houston and, and West Virginia. Well, I mean, like, look, Utah is they're they're really well coached. They're pretty well funded. They have a really good mix of a lot of Polynesian kids as well. Yeah, like I think they're they're going to be a, they're going to be a problem. Um, Arizona Jetfish has done a very good job. Like the the SC guys when they survived Arizona, they were all like, "Dude, Arizona has done a really good job." Like they got dudes. Um, they're going to end up. Probably- I watched a lot of that game against uh, Oregon State on Saturday night. You're right. They they are they're a tough team right now. Yeah, they are. And then I I don't know if if Dillingham is the guy at Arizona State. I. Forever, Arizona State has been a sleeping giant, you know? I mean, it's like they're basically a Big Ten school uh, in the in the pack and now in the Big 12 in terms of 100,000-plus students, you know, tons of money, major, uh, you know, big metropolis or whatever. And now there's a, a giant influx of football talent into the Valley and other areas uh, because, um, you know, just because after COVID, people moved – They've always been migrating to warmer weather, but especially after COVID, they've migrated to warmer weather. But I, I think it's, I think that whole thing is going to be fascinating. I missed somebody else. Oh, Colorado. Colorado is probably the most interesting one, right? Because I would think that they're going to recruit at a super high level. I just, uh, you know, like he's, he just keeps trying to turn over roster. I don't know how, I don't know how that works. Uh, yeah. You know, and then when Shador leaves, I don't know if he stays or what, what that, what that all looks like. Right. 
Um, my thing with Oklahoma State is I think you can you will be able to tell what their long-term success is going to be like or what their next five years look like based on Ollie Gordon, right? I mean, here the kid's going to run for, I don't know what it is, barely got the ball first three games, and he'll probably have end up with 2,000 yards. So they're going to have to come up with something to keep him, and they're going to have to continue to use that NIL for the offensive line. And, you know, I get, you know, if they keep him, that's a sign of, hey, they know what they're doing. They know how to hold on to guys. If they don't, this is kind of what the program is going to look like for the next five years or so, which is, you know, takes a while for Gundy to figure it out, to figure it out, to win games, to be, you know, eight, nine win teams, but you're not going to win a league championship that way. They kind of need to get that swagger back. You know what I'm saying? Where, where they had when it was you know, good quarterbacks and, and big offense and things like that. And it's not really been the same, but I'll tell you what I think is interesting about the big 12 is there's kind of a vacuum in Texas. Texas Tech has struggled this year. I think Baylor, Dave Aranda did it with Matt Rule's players. I don't know that he can reinvent the wheel because I don't think he's a, um, you know, an outgoing guy that's going to go recruit like Matt Rule. No, he's like, he's, he's too smart for people. I, that's fair. I mean, I just don't think Baylor has the talent anymore. Houston and, and Dana's kind of in uh, flux right now. But if you look, the best coaches in the league, Doug, I think, I mean, Mike Gundy's got to be considered one of those best. You talked about the guys from the pack, but the two coaches in Kansas are great. I mean, I think Chris Kleiman has won at, at the small level, so he knows how to take that and win it at Kansas State with his tough, you know, run-oriented philosophy. And then Lance Leopold, his formations and ability to scheme things with motion is kind of like the Mike McDaniel of college football. And so that's a reason why Kansas is having so much success too. And Matt Campbell's still really good at Iowa state. And so, you know, those are three schools that are in the hunt to win the big 12 this year. Um, and I think because they've done an excellent job coaching. Um, last thing. Um, I, I can't have you on without talking some thunder. Yeah. Right? You got the new, you got the old thunder getting back together with the Clippers. <laughs> yeah. That'd be fun. That's, that's, that'd be fun. Um, but I mean, they got pushed Thunder got pushed around a little bit by the nuggets. They're not there yet. No. Where are they in your mind? Well, I think they're very good. I think they're being underestimated a little bit nationally. Um, SGA is to me right now, top five or six player in the league. He had a terrible game. One of the worst of his career against Denver on Sunday, he's two for 14. I, I think sometimes, you know, this, the ball has life when the ball's going in, um, there's going to be better effort on defense and, and just, I think, more aggressiveness. They couldn't make a shot against Denver. That being said, they're still not close to the Nuggets uh, right now. But I think that there's a lot of guys vying for playing time on this team. Cason Wallace has been a pleasant surprise so far uh, through four games. Looks like he can be a guy that can really play defense on the wing, and he's knocking down shots. Don't know that's going to continue for the rest of the, of the season. But, man, you know, J-Dub, Chet has looked good. So far, so you know this. There's a there's a mix of about six or seven teams in the West that are all about the same: Oklahoma City, Sacramento, Minnesota, New well, Orleans. Well, hold Memphis. on. Okay, so so this is this is, and if you got to go, tell me by the way. Um, nope, we're good. Okay. Um, here's where they're more like Sacramento than the rest of those teams, and this is the the fascinating part, right? They're young, and I mean, really young, and I know everybody's talking like these guys are all going to play 82 games. Bullshit. They're not fucking playing 82 games, right? Like LeBron ain't, you know, he ain't playing 82 games. He, he'll play 65, 70. Yeah. And if he, he doesn't play, they ain't got a shot. Right. Plus, you know, you're depending on Anthony Davis to stay healthy. Um, you look at the Clippers, right? On paper, that looks like a championship caliber team. And I actually think they probably are. But again, like how many games the regular season is Kawhi going to play? How many, like, what does Harden look like? Uh, Paul George struggles, they say, healthy. Um, you look at the Suns. They still, I don't think, have those guys even played together yet? Like, no. So, uh, I agree with you. I think their youth is going to serve them well, and their depth is going to serve them well. Obviously, SGA is their best player, but you got so many other dudes with so much other length that I think their regular season records can be pretty good. Yeah, and then the question is, and then the question becomes, all right, what's it look like in the playoffs when all right, now the old dudes, everybody gets back in place. But as we've seen with older teams, you have guys break down, they'll get injured, and we don't know what that looks like. So I'm with you. I, I think they're, you know. The, the NBA is, is, I think we're at a turning point right now because you're seeing, I think the old guard is, a, is yes. about, it's about to turn. I think the young guys are coming up. Some of the young players in the league, Sabonis, you've got, um, 
Darren Fox, you got Shea, you Luca. got Anthony Edwards, all these guys. And then the older guys, like, I don't know, man. I think James Harden, to me, he almost looks like he's just completely washed. I don't think that this is going to fit well with the Clippers. And everything you said about Durant, LeBron, Anthony Davis, those players. And the Nuggets are on the young side of this, too, with, with Jokic, who's probably the best player in the game right now. That that these old stars, I don't know if they've got another run in them this year, but I think after this year, I think it's Yeah, no, up. I mean, like, look, like Chris Paul – Come on, man. I mean, even Steph Curry, Steph Curry's 35, you know? Like he, just, the way he plays at 35 is amazing, how he moves off the ball and how he has tireless energy. Probably I mean, best conditioned athlete in the in the game. I mean, uh, but, you know, at some point, your 35 is 35, right? Yeah. And it, it does feel like, you're right, the next, the next gen, and it's going to be interesting. You know, I think that the challenge to SGA is – and. I think Luca does make people better, but man, he dribbles the shit out of that ball and he controls it a lot. I think the challenge to SGA is can he, in the big games, can he make others better as well as carry the team? That's a big challenge for him. And uh, I love all the answers he gives about playing off the ball. Um, I, you know, I, I, I like their team. I like their mix. And I think they're going to be really good. And I think, you know, having kind of a no-name coach you know, nationally, I think that helps them. Like the whole thing kind of works together. I'm just interested in what, you know, the, in their first foray into the big boy basketball, it wasn't good. Um, but I also think that's kind of better. It's better to ha- get your ass kicked by the Nuggets now than have that happen in February, right? Right. If you if it's it's not really even considered a big game right now, but if it, if it is later, I think the Thunder culture is really also sometimes it's made a little bit fun of around here but the fact that all these players have kind of grown up together there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of um you know me first attitude shay's pretty ball dominant player at times but he does it in a way uh that i think the rest of the team is behind you know it's not just dribble 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 it's him going to the basket creating great shots for himself and uh shooting a high percentage um so i mean i you know as you know me i was a giddy guy before you guys were giddy guys um I think that changes things. Uh, yeah, I just, they're fascinating. And then, so the new arena is how many years away? 10. 10 years away? Well, it's seven. 2000, I, I, yeah, 2029, 2030. They're going to spend $950 million on this arena. I mean, it ought to have like robots and everything in it. I don't, I don't know how you spend that, that much. How about, how about that one cost, what was it 95 million when they first Yeah, yeah. I think it was we less working. than that. We were working together. That was the MAPS project. Right. right? That, that's some serious inflation to go from 95 million to 900, 900 million. Um, okay. La, uh, fi- final thing. Final thing. Um, you mentioned SGA is a top five or six player. Who are those other five or six? It's tough because you got to, I mean, like, would Kawhi Leonard be considered the best player in a series? I mean, if he's engaged, yeah. If I would he's healthy, think- yes. Yeah, he, he, I, I was, he was the this is, this is the real thing. He was the best player in the league last month and a half of the year. Then, you know, they had injuries. So um, he's really good. But, yeah, I, I get it. It's like, how do you what do you consider? All right, let's let's pretend. Jokic and Bede in that group. Jokic and Bede. Luca. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. If, if it's a scoring contest, Luca wins. If it's about playing efficient, effective basketball, I, I, I might take SGA. You, you can homer me up on that one. But Ooh, you're going to take. SGA over Luca. Yes. Okay. All right. So you got SGA Embiid, uh, uh, Jokic. Right. Okay. I, you, you need give me three more. I, I mean, I, I'm telling you, like you said, 35 years old for Steph. I think he's right there. I think he's right okay. there with Steph. Um, Steph is probably in the conversation. Are, are you doing Durant? Are you doing Booker? Are you doing Tatum? Booker. Um, I would stay. I would take Booker. Um, I think he's turning into a guy that's just, uh, uh, you know, incredible shooter, uh, you know, and SGA is not bad defensively. He's not, uh, you know, not the best in the league, but he can stay in front of guys with, with his length in his arms. Um, so I, I would, I would say Tatum, but again, Tatum, and this is coming off SGA having a two for uh, 14 shooting night, but Tatum can have some really bad shooting nights. No question. Um, there's, there's a guy in Milwaukee. Pretty good. Giannis is in the group. Yeah. This is in the group. So you're trying uh, to push SGA down on my list, right? Are you trying to get him out of time? No, no, no. I'm just, I like, I, I'm, I, I just, I caution, we all do it. We all like, oh, top five, top, top 10. And you're like, okay, so you put him ahead of Luca. I would respectfully disagree on that one. Um, all right. 
I just, I, and, and, and really it's not as much my opinion as much as like you talk to guys in and around the league, like Luca, they think Luca's the best player in the league, you know, or, or right. Luca and, and, uh, um, is he, you're, you're a point guard. Is, I mean, is he a guy you would want to play with? I mean, I, he, he does everything. There's just so much volume with him. The other guys just stand around. I mean, like how, how I think, well, I think, I think part of it is, I think part of it is he plays for a coach who was a great passing point guard and, but played in an era where that guy controlled the ball and made everything happen. Whereas if you've seen him play when he played for Real when he plays in the summer in Slovenia, they move it and then they get it back to him. Like, honestly, in the Thunder system, he would probably be even better, you know? Um, I think he has that potential. I just think right now, I mean, I see Oklahoma City kind of overachieving. And and maybe Oklahoma City's cast is better than what Dallas has because I just don't think it fits. But, you know, basketball is a game of making things fit and everybody buys in and everybody gets a piece, you know, of of doing something. So they're invested to play defense and all those other things. And some of these NBA teams just like, I don't know how the Clippers are going to fit. Dallas, to me, doesn't seem to fit. Um, You know, I, I think Milwaukee definitely fits that. And certainly the way, man, Denver, the way they executed on offense here in Oklahoma city on, on Sunday, it was like a thing of beauty. Like, it was, it's like a symphony. It's like a symphony. When you have, it's a, like, it's like old Spurs, you know, pop era of um, just, you know, the, the offense flows and has a function where a lot of it's just my turn, your turn with a lot of teams. Yeah. I think here's the thing. Here's, here's how, you know, everybody in the league thinks Denver is the best team by a, a good amount is they're adjusting their rosters to, to match up with Denver. Right. And it's like when, and I, I said this on your radio show, um, people forget when they got rid of Harden the first time, one of the reasons they had to was you had Ibaka and you had, uh, I think you had Steven Adams at that point, or was it Perkins? You, You know, you had, you had to have two bigs to match up with the Lakers and the Spurs. They both played with two bigs at the time. And so if you look at around, the NBA, everybody's getting bigger with the exception of the Warriors on the front line. They're all getting bigger because the Nuggets throw out there, Porter's 6'9", 6'10". Um, what's the – what am I forgetting? The Aaron Gordon's 6'10". You know, Who, by the way, has turned into, turned into a great role player um, <laughs> after trying to be kind of something that everybody that did everything in Orlando fits just perfectly in Denver as a piece – not a, not you know a main cog, uh, and he played great Sunday. All right. Well, I can't wait to be on your radio show. Thanks for helping me out with this. We'll talk to you soon. All right, see you, Doug. Okay, sir, the bet is to you. All in, baby. It's time for the pick of the day. All right, uh, pick of the day comes from Major League Baseball, the World Series, and until they lose on the road, don't you have to pick the Rangers? Right. Uh, by the way, Andrew Haney, who is a friend of the show, he's an Oklahoma State guy, set to make his third start and fifth appearance for the Rangers this postseason. He's picked six innings with four uh, runs allowed. Right. The numbers aren't great. Uh, meanwhile, um, Joe Mantiply is going for the Diamondbacks. I mean, you want to talk about Joe Mantiply? Like Haney pitched for the Angels and Dodgers, pitched for some big clubs. Mantiply was an all-star in 2022, um, but okay numbers. He didn't allow a run over his last six games in the regular season. That said, the Rangers have opened the postseason with nine consecutive road wins. That's a Major League Baseball record. I don't even care that, I mean, I do care that my boy Andrew Haney is getting the start. I'm going to take the Rangers. They're the favorites, but barely so. Um, actually, the yeah, they're the favorites. In a, in a game, honestly, where there's no reason to pick either side, the Rangers' inability to lose on the road is all the answer you need. Take the Rangers. You're welcome. That's it for In the Bonus. Check out the radio show daily, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to Pacific. I'm Doug Gottlieb.
Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Traveling for one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Do yourself a favor. Stay at Graduate Hotels, Bridgestone Arena, Target Center. Their hotels are close to both tournament venues. So why would you stay anywhere else? I love staying at the Nashville location, and I'll be at the Minneapolis location for the Big Ten Championship. And if you're one of my listeners, you can save 30% off with the promo code DOUG. That's DOUG, D-O-U-G. Good at any Graduate Hotels location, up to 30% off. How do you do it? Really simple. Book today at graduatehotels.com.